Hey, it's Finn, and if you've been listening to 680 for long, you know that I'm a big fan of Audi Atlanta. That's where I got my Audi Q8 e-tron, which I absolutely love. And it's the only dealership I would recommend to my friends and my family. And here's why. For one, Audi Atlanta has a great selection of luxury vehicles. They helped me find the exact SUV I was looking for, and the purchase was super easy. A fully transparent experience catered to me. The same experience they provide all their customers And here's one more reason that makes Audi Atlanta so special. During the month of April, Audi Atlanta will make a donation to Enduring Hearts for every vehicle sold. Thanks to the efforts of Enduring Hearts, children with heart transplants are living longer and healthier lives. Get the Audi you've always wanted while supporting a great cause. To learn more about Enduring Hearts and to view our current specials, visit AudiAtlanta.com. To start or complete your entire purchase online or shop Audi Atlanta in person like I did on Peachtree Boulevard just inside the perimeter. Together, we have the power to make positive changes that could last a lifetime. It's the Golf Show with Brian Katrick. He's been the talk of the course today with his huge drives. And Ali Dean. I really am rugged with him. It's early Sunday morning. The sun is coming up. I'm on the tee at 7. I'm here to try my luck. They say this game's a tough one, but I'll give it my best shot. Though the bunkers look like beaches and the greens like parking lots. Oh, Lord. Big match coming up, fellas. I'm going to be the caddy. What am I going to do? Why don't you try him a little left? And why don't you try back up? Give me just a little room. Help me keep my head down. Save me from those double bogey blues. Golf requires goofy pants and fat ass. You know, you don't deserve any credit hitting the ball with that swing of yours. Try to hit one with my swing. I'm catching on the ball. I'm moving my head. I'm laying it off. Well, that too. I'm proning. I'm clearing to it. I'm clearing to it. My God, my swing feels like a unfolded lawn chair. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole. Save me from the double bogey blue. Gunga, galunga. Happy Sunday morning to you. It's the golf show. On the fans, 680 and 93.7 FM. Brian Katrick, no Ollie Dean. He is uh, he is ailing this morning. We hope he feels better. Uh, Derek Thomas is with you. I understand there's a football game later today. And... Uh, and I wish everybody the best. <laughs> also later today, the WM Phoenix Open. It used to be waste management. It's still waste management. They just don't want to call it waste management anymore. They call it WM, and that's fine. It's their company. They can do whatever they want. Uh, I'll be doing that show, and uh, I'll be on the call on PGA Tour Live for that. And and i got a story to tell about that, but... Uh, that's not important right now. 24-year-old Sahith Tagala, who is a Haskins Award winner. You know, the Fred Haskins Award given to the best college uh, college golfer in the land, as voted on by the players, uh, is kept down and was invented down at the Country Club of Columbus. Brian Stubbs and the group down there, they uh, that's, that's where Mr. Haskins was a member. That's where, uh, where Mr. Haskins came up with the idea. Uh, and that, you know, they said, you know, let's, let's, let's have another one. Let's have one for the best female player in college. And that is the appropriately named Annika award. So both of them 
kept down there at the Country Club of Columbus. If you ever get a chance to go down there, they have a great Haskins Annika room with all kinds of stuff in it, including both of the big trophies. So Sahit Tagala is your is your leader at 14 under. Why do we care about that? Uh, it's a standout at Pepperdine, big tall kid, 6'4", but uh, had a 54-hole lead earlier in the year at Sanderson Farms. It went away, wound up tying for eighth. That's exactly what everybody expects to happen here. Brooks Kepka, Scotty Scheffler, uh, Xander Shoffley, Hideki Matsuyama, Patrick Cantley, they're all lined up back there. Kepka's one back, Scheffler, Taylor Gooch, Cantley, and Xander are two back. Then Hideki's three back. I mean, there's just this gigantic chase pack of monsters, major champions. Uh, Xander's the gold medalist. They're all lined up behind this 24-year-old kid. You want to feel old? I didn't either. It was 25 years ago this week where Tiger made that hole in one at 16. This Phoenix Open, this is the tournament with that, that hole that's completely surrounded uh, the par 316th. They put about 17,000 people in there. It's completely surrounded. It's like this little ballpark. And they yell and scream and they carry on. And it was always building. It was it was always, already a party when Tiger in 1997 made that hole in one. Uh, very little build out when you go back and watch the clip. There, there wasn't a stadium around it. There were just people around it. And then they lose their minds and it was excellent. Steve Jones won that golf tournament by 11 shots, by the way. Nobody gives Steve Jones any credit. He won, the, he won the 97 Phoenix Open by 11 shots, and all anybody can remember is Tigers hole-in-one, and we understand. Go Tigers! Go Tigers! That was 25 years ago. In December of that year, Sahith Tagala was born. <laughs> Ten months later. <laughs> See? Now we feel old. Too old! Well, I wouldn't say that, but I did. Just say that. So this kid, I, I'm rooting for this kid. I, I sure didn't come into the week thinking that was going to be the case. Brooks is the defending champion. He's got the blonde hair for some reason. Don't understand why. He hasn't explained it. Xander is always easy to root for. Patrick Cantlay won the tour championship. He won the FedEx Cup. Easy to root for. Scotty Scheffler, great dude. Uh, he's got Ted Scott on the bag now. Uh, that was Bubba Watson's old caddy. Ted is just as nice a person. He's he's a good quality human being. He's who I want to be when I grow up. He's easy to root for. Taylor Gooch is a PGA Tour winner. I mean, I could just keep going on. Hideki Matsuyama, defending Masters champion. I didn't even I didn't even want to say Sahith Thagala, let alone root for Sahith Thagala. It's hard to say. S-A-H-I-T-H. And then his last, na- his last name starts with a T-H. So you get back-to-back T-H's. It's not easy to say for, for me and a lot of other announcers. But when you meet the kid, you can't help but root for him. He's awesome. And he might just win. He's got no business holding off this world-class field. No business at all. It would be kind of like if the uh, the 34 Front Row Motorsports loves Travel Stops Mustang was near the front of the pack with one lap to go the Daytona 500. No chance, no business up there with those with those boys. And then all of a sudden they start pushing and shoving and they wreck. And you know who winds up coming through it all? 
Michael Dadgum McDowell on the 34 Front Row Motorsports loves travel stops Ford Mustang. So, you know, it's, it's hard to say he has no business. Everybody in this field has some sort of a pedigree. Kid's a Haskins Award winner. He was beating the best stars in college uh, just a couple of years ago. Those kids are coming out and they're winning. You know, he's not he's not too far in front of, uh, well, Scotty Scheffler for sure. It's hard. You know, all these guys look so young now and they realize that Xander's been out on tour for probably seven years now. Eight years, Patrick Cantley's been out there for longer than that. Brooks has been out there for longer than that. But still, uh, he's got a pedigree. It just doesn't necessarily match up to or measure up to what these other pedigrees are. So we're going to see. We're going to see what Sahith Thagala can do today. So here's what happened yesterday. Goes out there, had a two-shot lead yesterday. Pars one, doubles two. It was the only double bogey on the second hole of the day came from the guy that was in the lead. He hit it over the back of the green. It's a big slope. It goes down the hill, and the flag was in the back, and it's the type of thing where, look, you just got to hammer this into the hill. You got to hit it 20 feet past the hole, and if you make the 20-footer, fine. If not, you've made a bogey, but he didn't want to do that. And you know, if, you, if you don't hit it up that hill all the way, it comes back to you, and that's how doubles are made, and that's exactly what happened, and, you know, that's a shame. So now you've you've had the fifty four you had the thirty six hole lead you're led by two the whole world's saying everything I just said about how you don't belong up there look at the look at the resumes of those guys that are chasing you and you made you made double bogey at the second and you're not winning anymore then Brooks and Xander who are in the group they start making birdies and then he actually fell you know he fell a couple of shots behind and all he did was grab a bunch of birdies and just reach out and take the lead back love that kid. All right, but the big story of the week happened on, let's see, it happened on Friday. And then, I hate to, to, hate to phrase, this, the, phrase this this way, but it also happened on Friday night on social media. I am a person that thinks social media is not a great thing. I, I like where it started. I think we all like where it started. It has, uh, it, it's, it's kind of, it's turned, it's turned to the dark side. As we all know, you can cite your own example. Loud noises! Look, man, Derek, it's not a good thing. I totally it's agree. It's just not. I'm not a big yeah. social media person myself. Here's what I liked about it. guy named Charlie Hoffman playing in the tournament. Love Charlie Hoffman. If you want to know what Charlie Hoffman looks like, he is featured on the United States Quarter. <laughs> Uh, he kind of has a long forehead, and he he will put the ponytail sticking out the back every once in a while. He's got long, flowing white hair, and he, from the, the profile is similar to George Washington. <laughs> he also looks like the PC principal in South Park for a, a different reference for folks that might know. Okay, that yeah, there you go. I love South Park. So, okay, that's a good call. So Charlie Hoffman, PGA Tour player, professional athletes don't get to tell their stories in their own words very often. If somebody sticks a mic in their face, that helps a little bit. But those sound bites get cut off and cut up. And, uh, you know, same in the print. You know, they, they hack that up. Even if they're trying to, to print the exact quote, they don't get it right even when they're trying sometimes. So for an athlete to be able to get a point across, it's, it's awful hard. I, you know, I want to hear about the game-winning hit. I don't really care what you had to say about whatever it is that's on your mind. So that's one good thing about social media for the athletes is that you can hear from them. The problem is, if you hear from them, 
and they're mad or mad and maybe inebriated or some combination of both, then it goes sideways. And I don't know how much Charlie had had to drink, but Charlie uh, Charlie Hoffman hit a tee shot on the 13th, the par 5 at Phoenix. You don't have to know the hole. Uh, there's some water down the right-hand side. It never really used to be in play, but Tom Weisskopf redid the hole, and you can hit it in that water. So he did. He didn't mean to. It's a par 5. So he's going to go take a drop. And from his drop, he's still going to be able to reach. He's going to be able to chase the ball onto the green and, and have a putt now for, for birdie, or certainly par is, in, is, is still in the equation. So there's a little hillside. The, the water's on the right, and the, and the ball will roll down the little hillside to get in the water, and that's what happened to Charlie Hoffman. He goes over there. It's a, it's a red penalty area, what used to be called a hazard, and, and Charlie takes his he, – he drops it. It rolls into the, into the hazard, and he drops it again. It rolls into the penalty area twice. And that's fine. Uh, you, those those drops don't count. So he gets to place the ball. All right. So he places the ball, and the rules officials there, and I don't, actually don't even know if the rules officials there, because once you place the ball, and the ball is holding still. That ball's in play. That's the last thing the official always tells you. Is that, okay, that ball's in play, and then the official goes and gets in his cart, and drives away. Charlie kind of kind of takes a couple steps up the hill. He wants to go pick out his start line. Now he's going to go try to regroup and try to figure out how to hit his, hit this third shot on the green. Uh, while he's up there, the ball starts rolling and rolls back into the water. He has placed it in a spot where there's still some slope, and the ball rolls into the water. Well, that ball was in play. Same thing happened a few years ago to Ricky Fowler on the 12th hole. Or sorry, it was on the 11th hole, two holes, two holes earlier. The ball was in play, and then for some reason, outside forces, not an outside agency, if a bird comes and picks it up and drops it in the water, he gets to put it back. But if it just starts wiggling because the wind picked up or who knows what, you got to go play it from the new place. How do you write that rule that allows him not to? So he took his penalty drop, never even hit the ball, and now he's got to take another penalty drop. That sounds like a bad break. It really is. I don't like that rule at all. That doesn't make sense. Nobody likes it. No, it doesn't. Nobody likes that rule. Okay, now here's where it gets very, very complicated. Scott Geary is coming on from the Georgia PGA. All right, he's the executive director. Mike Paul used to host this show with me. He was the executive director of the Georgia PGA. Last week, we had Miller McCatchern on. He's from the Georgia State Golf Association, the GSGA. Well, what's the difference between those groups? You don't have to know that. I do. I'm the one that's hosting the golf show. You guys are just driving around. You're, you're hanging out on a Sunday morning. I don't know what we're yelling about. There's no difference in the professional level at, at, the, at the national level. The USGA writes the rules. The PGA Tour decided to play by the USGA's rules. The RNA also writes the rules for the rest of the world, but USGA does it for the United States and Mexico. PGA Tour is running a league here. What rules are we going to play by? Well, let's play by the USGA rules. Makes sense? Perfect. There's no other sport that I could think of that is governed by one group top to bottom. Same rules apply at all age groups at all levels. You can't think of a major sport that does that. There's always some subtle difference. The hash marks in college football, overtime rules, college versus pro football, three-point lines and, and size of the lane and illegal defense and whatnot and, and professional versus college basketball. Wood bats versus aluminum bats in baseball. Uh, they, they mandate the face masks and the cages in, uh, in college hockey. They don't do that. In professional hockey, I don't know what the other rules may be. I think they're playing pretty close to the same game. 
Uh, but there's got to be something. I don't know what they're doing now with the goalie crease. I haven't played that in a while. But golf, no. We're playing the same rules in college that we played in the AJGA Junior Tournament that we're playing in the PGA Tour. And who writes those rules? The USGA. So here's what Char- Charlie goes off. Charlie Hoffman's on the PGA Tour Policy Board. Charlie Hoffman goes on Twitter. No, sorry, on Instagram. Posts a picture of the uh, shot link image of the hole that he went through. Says, what a joke at USGA, at PGA Tour today. On the 13th hole, I hit my drive in the water, took a drop on the side of the hill. That no grass. Dropped twice, then placed on a small turf of grass. Turned around, the ball started rolling into the water. I was under the impression that the USGA had changed the rule, and I was wrong. I had to take another penalty for doing nothing wrong at all. I did everything by the book. It's still mind-blowing that a group of amateurs ruled a professional's game of golf. I also blame the PGA Tour rules officials for putting a terrible penalty area line where this could ever happen. No accountability at any level here. No protection for the players at all. You wonder why guys are wanting to jump ship and go play on another tour. Players need transparency, protection, and consistency. We don't have that under the current governing bodies. He hashtags, among others, the Saudi International Golf. Then comes back and says... Sorry, Jay. He's speaking to uh, Jay Monahan, PGA Tour Commissioner. Remember, Charlie's on the policy board of the PGA Tour. He says, sorry, Jay. We need to do better at all levels of the PGA Tour, including myself, who represent the players on board, on the board of the PGA Tour. If we don't, we won't have a tour any longer. Hopefully, it will be a, there will be a change soon. So he goes uh, seven, and then he birdies the 14th. Among the re- the responses to this on Instagram, Rory McIlroy says, nice bounce back. <laughs> Bryson says, agree wholeheartedly. Well, Bryson is one of the guys that's that's been offered the Saudi money. Phil Mickelson says, I feel you. Also on the Saudi list, if you believe all those reports. Here's my problem with Charlie Hoffman, who I like. Yes, Derek. I was just also going to mention there are also a lot of folks that just the 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 classic response was, "Well, don't hit it over there, Charlie." Yeah, well, he didn't mean to hit it over there. Well, that's always good, though. Yes, fun fun to read, but he, he he's so here here's what Charlie Hoffman is right about that that line shouldn't have been drawn there, especially after what happened to Ricky Fowler. It's hard to argue PGA with Tour, that. Yeah, yeah the PGA Tour field staff is the single best group of rules officials in the game. Period. They do it 48 times a year all over the world for the best players in the world. They get it right statistically all the time because this isn't even enough to say that it, you know, it doesn't even get into the statistics. They get it right all the time. They got this wrong. You can't put the line there. You got to get with the superintendent. You got to say, look, we need, we need some more grass over here. You got to stop cutting this grass because, you know, the balls can roll in there. Or we got to put the line all the way up to the top of the hill. I don't know what you got to do, but you can't do this. And it happened a few years ago to Ricky Fowler two holes earlier. So, look, it can happen the first time and you can miss it. That's fine. The second time, same golf course, 400 yards away? No. That's a mistake. So Charlie Hoffman's right about that. But that's the PGA Tours rules officials. I always get riled up when tour players say the amateurs that are running the game. They talk about the USGA. The amateurs that are running the game. I'm about to offend some people. 
Jason Bone, Heath Slocum, Stewart's playing. Uh, Scott Dunlap, all of our tour pros that are in the city, you may want to go listen to the coffee house. <laughs> you people are morons. You don't even read the rule book. Stop telling me about the amateurs that run the game when you don't know any of the rules. There's 24 of them. It's not that hard. 24 rules. There used to be 34. You couldn't read those. You know zero of the 24 rules. Stop complaining. And if you think there's one person at the USGA that wrote these rules that wasn't getting paid, you need to go reread the rule, the, the, what the word amateur means. These are professionals in the rules-making game. They are the best at it. Your tour screwed this up. Leave the USGA out of it. And if you have a problem with the USGA, you're on the policy board. You tell them, you go to the PGA Tour and say, let's write our own rules. You know why the PGA Tour doesn't write their own rules? Because they can't. Because you're too dumb to follow them. End of rant. And boom goes the dynamite. I love Charlie Hoffman. I really do. I hate that this happened to Charlie Hoffman. He has since apologized for his comments in his Friday rant. <laughs> I got to imagine that Heath Slocum knows some of the rules. Jason Bone, sorry, you, you don't know any of the rules. <laughs> I'm not sure where Dunlap is on the rules. <laughs> He's read them. I don't think he cares about them anymore. But they know what I'm talking about. And that, that's why the officials are out there. There's too much money on the line for these guys to make a silly little mistake and cost them money, so they always ask the rules officials to help. I would do the same thing. This was a this was a Monday problem when they were drawing when they were drawing penalty area lines. This wasn't a USGA problem. There ain't nobody at the USGA working for free, so stop calling them amateurs. They're better at the rules than you are. Right, we're going to take a break. When we come back. A professional. Matter of fact, the executive director of the Georgia PGA, that's the Professional Golf Association, is going to join us. They don't write the rules either. You know why? Because the USGA does it better than they could. Love Charlie Hoffman. Hate that it happened. They ought to change this. He's right about all that. He's wrong about the rules, not that he would know. It's the Golf Show on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. And now it's time for Who's Driving? Brought to you by Ray Judice. If you're facing DUI charges, you need a DUI lawyer who will step up to the T for you. Call Ray Cell at 404-964-4185 to schedule an appointment. Well, for the first time since 2015... This wasn't a drive, but it was a tee shot. Par 316th, TPC Scottsdale. We have an ace, Sam Ryder. Derek, can we hear it? This just moments ago. Sam Ryder taking it right at it. Talk to me. Come on. Oh, my God. There's liquid coming down. There's tears going everywhere. We are covered in beer and other liquids, I believe. <laughs> so, wow. Amanda Balionis and Colt Nost from CBS as Sam Ryder drains it 
They uh, they threw everything they had down onto the playing surface. It was very, very small patches of teeing ground and mostly desert. But it was down on the green, and it uh, probably took five, six minutes to clean it all up. But it's the, you know, the WM Phoenix Open. That's waste management. They uh, they got in there. They got it all taken care of. Great scene. I didn't like, you know, I mean, you could have gotten hit by one of those beer bottle type things. There's the aluminum bottles, but whatever. Everybody came out of it okay. Big party. That's who's driving. Brought to you by Ray Judice. Congratulations to Sam Ryder. And I believe I saw it was his first ever hole-in-one or first on tour. <laughs> what a spot. I know he saved the ball. All right, speaking of Ray Judice, our Ray Judice interview of the month is the executive director of the Georgia PGA. What a big Saturday night they had last Saturday night down at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, their annual awards gala. Scott Geary joins us right now from the Georgia PGA. Scott, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great, BK. Thanks for having me. Hey, have you guys, Georgia PGA, ever considered writing your own set of rules and playing by them? <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't want anything to do with that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think so. I didn't think so. I would apologize now for yelling at people, but I'm not because read the dadgum rule book before you get on Instagram. You know, That's, I couldn't uh, agree more. And I'm a, I, uh, I've taken that rule to golf test uh, multiple times, and it's not easy. And there's a reason there's people who uh, dedicate themselves to, to doing that, and they should be left alone because they do the best they can to get it right. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, interesting week. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, look, that, the line was in the wrong place. Bottom line, can't have that. We all know you can't have that. That's not the USGA's fault. Uh, so uh, let's talk about Saturday night. I was so sorry to have missed it. I've, uh, I've been fortunate enough to be at your, uh, your year-ending gala in the past. Uh, it's been at, uh, at Truist Park. It's been down at Turner Field. It's been at some really cool places. Let's start right there. Why Mercedes-Benz? Why, uh, why the big setting for this? Yeah, I think we wanted to get back to a setting that was similar to what you just described. You know, with COVID not knowing numbers and what everybody was comfortable with, we, we kind of went smaller and did it at a um, host facility here in the section. But we felt it was time, and everybody was excited and wanted to wanted to celebrate our, our section awards the right way. And so reached out to a bunch of folks. I don't know if you know this, but Truist has um, – it's a little more expensive right now, as it should be, <laughs> mm, okay. with the Braves winning. But, um, you know, the timing worked out well for Mercedes to be able to host us, um, kind of in between the football season, getting soccer ready. In fact, they had just laid out the new turf um, for the United. So uh, we were going to try and get everybody onto the field, but uh, weren't able to do it, but had a wonderful venue to be able to still um, still celebrate there. So. It was a timing thing and worked out well, and I think everybody was ready to, to have a venue like that. Oh, that is awesome. All right, well, let's, uh, let's tell everybody, I don't even know if you know right off the top of your head how many awards there are, but they're, they're, I, I'm so impressed because it's, it's a gathering first and foremost, but you are awarding the, the best and brightest from the past year, and and it's a big deal. For, for some of the folks, it's the biggest award they're going to get. You can feel it. Uh, it. It's it's fantastic. So uh, do you know how many awards there are? Yeah, you know, I don't know. It's over 30. 
um, well over 30 because we recognize not only our section award winners, but our chapters. So kind of regionally within the state and you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, this is a chance for these award winners to bring their family and their friends, each of them get a table to really see the work they're doing and be celebrated and be honored. A lot of them bring the members of their clubs um, to, to have an idea about their impact on the game in the state of Georgia. And so it's just a special night and a chance for, for all of us to say thank you for all their hard work. Gotta love it. Uh, the so so over thirty, plenty plenty of awards. Everybody's all dressed up. The food is great. The evening's great. I'm assuming that Brian Connolly was your uh, master of ceremonies. He's done it before. He does a great job with it. How how'd that go? He was actually not. Now he did get up and speak as, as president of the section, but yeah, <laughs> we had Sorry. a uh, we had a special MC. I'm not sure if you met her before, Lynette Cardi. She's the director of inclusion and community engagement with the PGA of America. And she's, she's, uh, she's been an actor, a producer, a stand-up comedian. She's, she's emceed and hosted a number of events and we've gotten to know her pretty well. And so we, we had her in for the evening. Um, and she had a, a tremendous time and she's a huge sports fan too. So to be able to come to Mercedes was a treat for her. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, so I know the highlight of the evening is always the PGA professional of the year for the section and you guys nailed it again. Yeah, it was, um, so for those who don't know, when it comes to nominating our, our, our section award winners, we do have an awards committee, um, and it's, it's people from all around the state. And people are nominated um, by their fellow golf professionals, and the awards committee meets on it. And I can tell you firsthand that there was no question in who our PJ professional was going to be when the awards committee met. Um, but a chance to honor the, you know, the fallen Gene Stiller, who who passed, as you know, a member of your club at Pine Tree this past summer. And boy, there wasn't a dry eye in the night when um, when his wife got up and accepted that award. It was. It was incredible. It was impactful. You've seen her speak before and how great she is. It's the first time I've seen her tear up and choke up during a speech like that. Um, and it was when she was talking about what what Gene's going to leave behind and his legacy with his grant with us. So it was an incredibly powerful evening, incre- incredibly happy to celebrate with everybody and then to, to end it with Ashley talking about what happened with Gene and, and the kind of person he was, his path to becoming a PGA golf professional was incredible and, and left everybody leaving saying, wow, what an evening. Yeah. Ashley Siller is, uh, she's an inspiration. I gotta be honest with you. Uh, I, I never would have, yeah, wouldn't have expected that had not met her, uh, before and yeah it's and, and you and i have been fortunate enough to to get to work a little bit you, you've been nice enough to include me on uh, on the work for the foundation i think i think we can go ahead and update folks on where that is yeah so you know after after gene's passing the power of the pga community and and those in golf really um showed through we had there was over three quarters of a million dollars raised in a GoFundMe for the Siller family. And then Ashley reached out to me and actually shut off that GoFundMe and said, okay, 
we're doing fine as a family. I want to do something to give back in lines with what Gene was passionate about. And so it took a few months, but as you know, had an incredible event at Pine Tree to kind of kick this off. But uh, we now have live the Gene Siller Memorial Grant, which really is dedicated to helping junior golfers and junior golf initiatives the junior golfers who, who need dollars to play in tournaments or really any junior golf initiatives. If they want to go, if they're participating in the first tee, if they're doing PJ junior camps, um, really anything there. And, and kind of the unique piece to it that Gene always talked about was, hey, I wish I had more time and the dollars to, to give of myself, to give instruction to these juniors who need it. And so this, this grant can act as a conduit for, juniors who need instruction and have the potential and then not leaving the PJ golf professional. All of them want to help, but some of them need to earn a living and, and don't have the time. It gives, it gives them a chance to still get paid and help these juniors. So it is live. The grant is live, went live February 1st. Um, we're going to have our first wave here and April 29th. We're going to, we're going to give out some dollars to, to some junior golfers after that. Um, as well as start supporting some other junior golf initiatives. So we, we couldn't be more excited about it. Scott, that is awesome. Just great news, great work, and uh, so cool to see uh, the, you and all your resources and all the folks that have come together to help, and, and those meetings are, are as inspirational as it as must have been on Saturday night. Uh, Georgia PGA events coming up. I know the calendar's coming up. There are some section events that are open to everybody. When when are we playing golf? That's right. Uh, we've got our Pro Pro Scramble coming up. That is just for the for the uh, golf professionals. That's coming up in March. We have our spring meeting as well. But kind of the amateur and pro uh, kickoff for our events is um, the Atlanta Open, May 16th and 17th at Echelon. Um, so we're excited for that one. Um, we've got some exciting venues for that beyond, um, 2022. So, uh, we're, we're rocking and rolling. We, we actually brought in three new staff members too, and are going to, going to add a lot more to our events. Um, one, one thing, if I could kind of a sneak peek into a partnership coming down the Georgia women's open. Uh, we've we've uh, recently had a good partner come in, and Mizuno Golf is going to support that. It's at the UGA course, and we're going to partner with. I'm sure you've heard of it because you've you're all uh, knowledgeable in golf, BK. But the East Coast Women's Pro Golf Tour, we're going to partner with them on our Georgia Women's Open uh, in July to uh, to make it a 54 hole event and really boost that tournament. Um, it's time for, for that event. I think the women are hungry for it. We're going to have a nice mix of pros and amateurs at that at the UGA course. That's awesome. Scott, well done. Always great to hear from you. I hate missing it, uh, missing the, the big banquet, but uh, thanks for the invite, and I look forward to seeing you out there somewhere soon. Absolutely. We'll see you soon, BK. I think our next meeting is uh, March 9th, so we'll we'll talk to you then, if not before. You got it. Look forward to it. That is Scott Geary, the executive director of the Georgia PGA. Something's beeping at me down here in St. Augustine. Yeah, BK, is everything okay over there? No, it's not. Oh, no. I don't know what it is. I, uh, <laughs> look, so far, so good. I'm going to figure out what this is. It's not a time bomb uh, or anything.
<laughs> Derek Thomas may be hosting the show for the last 20 minutes, uh, but we'll uh, we'll find out. We'll come back and regroup. It's the golf show on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Before you hit the links, start your morning with the golf show. Now back to Brian Katrick and Ollie Dean on Atlanta's golf station, the fan. Ollie Dean's not here. I'm Derek Thomas here with you. Brian Katrick having a little bit of technical difficulties, but I understand Brian <laughs> still joining us on the phone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, there we uh, we got a we got a battery issue. Uh-oh. You know, that's. I want to thank the folks at the. Uh, I mean, my, my my 2003 Ford Expedition run good, but we got some <laughs> battery issues there in segment three, and uh, <laughs> you know we're just not gonna be able to finish the race. Hopefully, we can get back at it again next week. <laughs> Fighting through. That way, BK. Yeah. No, so that's what that was. That was a low battery indicator, and during the commercial break, it got more intense. <laughs> so the old turn it off, turn it on, you know, that's always the solution, right? You turn it off, you turn it on. That's my go-to. So you turn it off. Yeah, it rested for a good 15 seconds, turn it back on, and it thought about it. It's like, okay, I feel better, and then no. It started worse, and so uh, I don't know how long we had. Uh, but I think it seemed it seemed like we didn't have as long as we had left in the show, <laughs> so uh, we're going to go with that. Uh, but uh, uh, sorry, we're we're going to finish on the phone. Uh, so more fun and frivolity from sixteen, Derek. Did you, I don't know if you saw this. Um, so JT Poston uh, went to I want to say Western Carolina. He's a southeastern guy, and he's a Braves fan. Grew up a Braves fan. He's been a big Braves fan. So a couple of years ago, Braves and Dodgers in the in the the championship series, and he's he's chirping back and forth with Max Homa, who's another PGA Tour uh, player. Max is a big Dodger fan. So I forget what was going to happen had the Braves won, but we know that a couple of years ago it didn't go that way. The Dodgers win, and what Max got was control over JT Poston's Twitter page for 24 hours. So Max got to tweet as JT for 24 hours because the Dodgers beat the Braves. And uh, Max is hilarious. And you you may have heard of Max Homa. You have not heard of JT Poston. Uh, so this really kind of helped JT. Max was, he's you know, he was slaying him. It was a 24-hour roast of JT Poston. Uh, but still, uh, it was fun. It was all in good fun. And it was done well, and, and it was very nice. So they, uh, they go re-up the bet for this past baseball season, because here we go, Braves and Dodgers again, and they, they want some of it. And obviously we know what happened this year. World champion Atlanta Braves beat everybody, including those Dodgers. And and in this side, in this case, the control the uh the losing side was that Max would have to wear a Braves jersey on Friday afternoon on the sixteenth hole at, at TPC Scottsdale. Now Saturday is the most well-attended day, but Friday afternoon, they weren't sure, you know, you can't bet Saturday because he might not be there for Saturday. So they bet Friday afternoon, couple, you know, 150,000 people there, and Max Homa put on, the, uh, put on the Braves jersey, and our group that we were following at the time had made it to 17. Those guys were either a group or, or two behind, behind our group. And all of a sudden, and the people at 16, they, they – do all their research. They'll find out what elementary school you went to, and they'll they'll sing your elementary school fight song. They'll find out the name of your pets, and, and then some of them are just yelling and screaming. 
So anything could come out of that that Coliseum at 16, and you're just not surprised about it. So we're we're watching the group at 17, and all of a sudden I hear from the 16th from the Coliseum I hear the tomahawk chop. And so you know Brooks Kepka's in the field. I don't think Daniel Berger's in the field, but there's probably some Florida State other Florida State guys that are in the field. So, and maybe they're just teasing Billy Horschel or one of the Florida Gators by doing the tomahawk chop. I don't know what they're doing. And uh, I'm, I'm looking back, who's back there? And I can't figure out who's back there. And, and sure enough, Max Homa was back there. And he was wearing, he had to put on the Braves jersey. And it was a number one Braves jersey that had JT Poston's name on it. I don't know, maybe Poston threw out a first pitch. or I don't know, he just got himself a, a jersey. Whatever he wanted to do. And uh, and it was it was awesome. And Derek, I could hear it from uh, from the next hole, the whole stadium doing the tomahawk chop. And it sounds great at Truist Park when we've got uh, forty some odd thousand doing it. It sounded really good when there were seventeen thousand of them doing it at a golf tournament too. Yeah, it always sounds good. I've heard it around town, and uh, you know, we we I was at the uh, national championship celebration out in Athens. We had one going there. I've heard them at concerts. Just Braves fever all across the nation. Yeah. 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 So uh, really cool to see that. Um, also on that 17th tee, I don't know if you remember this clip from uh, from Dustin Johnson. Or not Dustin Johnson. Zach Johnson a couple uh, years ago at the Masters. He had the ball on the tee at 13, and he tries to take the practice swing. <laughs> and uh, he's just taking a practice swing, and he clips the ball with the toe of his driver. And the ball goes shooting off. It didn't go very far. He didn't mean to hit it. And if you don't mean to hit it, then uh, and the ball's not in play yet, which on the tee it isn't, then it didn't count. Uh, so We saw Jason Day do did. that as well at, at one point. Okay, I believe you, because it yeah. does happen, especially, you know, on the tee. You've got a big driver. You're kind of milling around, and you try to do the same routine every time, but they're fidgeting with the driver from time to time. They might change a little something up, and, Every tee box is different also. There may be a little less ground. You want to take two steps away, but here's a guy there. And so you can get a little closer. It can happen. Well, it happened again to Zach Johnson. And, you know, it's happened twice now, and both of them caught on camera. That's the other thing is that, you know, it probably happens once a week to, uh, you know, at, at some tournament, not always to the same player, but this is the same guy getting caught twice, which I uh, I thought was, was interesting there. And, uh, I think that's about it. Now, the 17th hole, by the way, I think that was, that's about it for, for Zach. The 17th hole, by the way, still, we're coming in today, we'll see. The 17th hole, TPC Scottsdale, 330-ish, it's a drivable par four. There's still only been one hole-in-one on a par four in the history of the PGA Tour. Now, this is PGA Tour events. There's is that Happy Gilmore? On the, exactly. Happy yeah. Gilmore's doesn't count. Okay. Uh, there's been a couple on the Corn Ferry Tour. There's been a couple on the LPGA Tour. Uh, there's There have been others in the world. But on the PGA Tour, and you've got to think now, we're, we're basically playing a drivable par four every week. Every course, and if it's not every day, but 17's drivable every day, uh, then, then it's every other week. They have a drivable par four that is that is reachable for the entire field. And so you put you put the full field through it twice. You put the, the folks after the cut through it two more times and we are still at only one hole in one on a par four in the PGA Tour history and it happened here 
Uh, it happened, uh, I think it was 2000. Andrew McGee was in a bad mood. The group in front of him was still on the green. Steve Pate was walking around. He had just made an eagle putt. Tom Byram was squatting down, lining up a putt. So Andrew McGee hits the ball. He didn't think he could get there. It takes this wild bounce forward, rolls up across the green. Tom Byram doesn't see it coming. He's squatted down. He's got his putter leaning against his knee. The ball rolls up, bounces off of Tom Byram's putter, and goes in the hole for a hole-in-one. And how, how do I not remember that? Well, because it was you were six. Well, <laughs> I would have think I would have seen that. I can't believe I'm, I've got to look that up. Uh, it was on the USA Network at the time. They were doing the early round coverage, and they didn't have it live. They went back and showed it on tape. I called it. We were doing PGATour.com radio feeds up in Norcross. I called it live and didn't know exactly what had gone on. And it wasn't until the next morning, the BBC calls my phone. And I'm like, I, this, this doesn't make any sense. I don't know why the BBC is calling. And they're like, that was the only hole-in-one ever on a par four in PGA Tour history. I'm like, wow, I probably should have known that yesterday. <laughs> I didn't look it up. You know, that's such a wild occurrence. And sure enough, it's still, to this day, the only time it has ever happened. So there you go. Uh, Suzanne Pedersen is going to be the Solheim Cup captain on the European side. I think we already knew that. But Stacey Lewis is going to be the Solheim Cup captain on the American side. That was named this week. Uh, Stacy and Suzanne are both fiery. Stacy says, if we have a rules issue, we may argue about it. <laughs> I like to hear that. Solheim Cup is later this summer. And uh, a, a follow-up to last week at the Saudi International, in case you missed it, Harold Varner III wins with a 100-foot eagle putt on the last hole. It was awesome to watch. Thanks to Scott Geary for coming on the show from the Georgia PGA. What a great guest he is. Derek, thanks for jumping in here at the end. I hope Ollie feels better. Enjoy the big football game today, everybody. What a Sunday. Hey, it's Finn, and if you've been listening to 680 for long, you know that I'm a big fan of Audi Atlanta. That's where I got my Audi Q8 e-tron, which I absolutely love. And it's the only dealership I would recommend to my friends and my family. And here's why. For one, Audi Atlanta has a great selection of luxury vehicles. They helped me find the exact SUV I was looking for, and the purchase was super easy. A fully transparent experience catered to me. The same experience they provide all their customers and here's one more reason that makes Audi Atlanta so special. During the month of April, Audi Atlanta will make a donation to Enduring Hearts for every vehicle sold. Thanks to the efforts of Enduring Hearts, children with heart transplants are living longer and healthier lives. Get the Audi you've always wanted while supporting a great cause. To learn more about Enduring Hearts and to view our current specials, visit AudiAtlanta.com to start or complete your entire purchase online. Or shop Audi Atlanta in person like I did on Peachtree Boulevard just inside the perimeter. Together, we have the power to make positive changes that could last a lifetime. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. 
and save and win. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. 